Welcome to the PT Compass Podcast. My name is Simon Murphy, and I'm a final year physiotherapy student on the Gold Coast in Australia, and I am your host. I talk with practicing physios, students, and other healthcare individuals. I hope this podcast lets you find your best professional or student life. Enjoy. Before we get started, let's chat about the new free PT Compass Pass membership program. So if you're looking for regular, fresh new content, to kickstart your next clinical placement on a successful note, head on over to the link in my Instagram bio or the show notes below. So once you sign up as a PT Compass Pass member, you will have access to the new student resource hub with both downloadable PDFs and Word documents for you to print off, save in your laptop, or share with your friends. So after giving this episode a listen, head on over to the link in my Instagram bio or the show notes below to get your Compass Pass today. What's up everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Now, I am super excited for this episode because I get to chat with Paul from Swim Lab International. Now, this is a rehabilitation-based company that's based out of Lanzarote, Spain, but their actual geographic location, uh, specifically Lanzarote, is actually just situated about 70 miles off the coast of Africa. Now, they're a rehabilitation clinic that works with both pediatrics, teens, and also adults in both water-based activities or water-based rehabilitation and also land-based rehabilitation, and they're doing truly amazing things. So as always, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Um, why don't we just start off with a bit of a, a bit of an introduction of who Paul is and, and kind of what his educational background is and um, what his qualifications are and things like that, just to set the stage for those who are listening. Okay, so uh, starting off, I suppose I was born in water literally born in water. Uh, You being in Australia, everything is surrounded by water. For us, well, from where I'm from in the UK, that's not quite the same thing, but I swam competitively uh, from a very young age. And that really sets the background for me. Uh, Being a swimmer, having the background in water, and then connected then to physio is what links everything together. Um, For me, growing up as a kid, I was not great with the ball. Give me a ball. I had absolutely zero interest, didn't know what to do with it. Add water into it, and then we have volleyball, um, water polo. I'm good, I'm there. Anything to do with water then just linked it together for me. And I think going back to my education growing up, um, I had a good upbringing at school, progressing forwards. I just needed something extra. It just needed something that I could think outside the box and be a little bit more creative with myself. And then going down the route of physio, kind of put that together. That then allowed me to be able to be me and to allow myself to think. Um, Fast forward a little bit from there, qualifying in the UK, moving to Spain, then everything changes. Everything in the Spanish system is completely different. We have to do different, um, different LinkedIn to be able to then transfer qualifications through, to be able to then work with different environments, different language barriers, and everything then starts to connect together. And then we come on to obviously Swim Lab, setting up Swim Lab, having Swim Lab, and the baby was born, should we say? Yeah, it's and it, the the first time I actually came across uh, Swim Lab wasn't necessarily via social media, but I was I was following one of the many families that you guys do awesome stuff with, and they actually ended up they were traveling all across New Zealand and they've been to Canada and the states, and they were just they're literally have a youtube channel and they're and they're basically creating a movie of taking their kids around to awesome physiotherapy treatment or awesome um meetings with doctors who are doing crazy awesome research um and they actually ended up with you guys um in spain and i was like what what possibly could they be going to spain for about it was for this intensive um, you say spain and everybody goes oh yeah i know spain i know where spain is spain is not quite where we are uh, and we belong to Spain but we are actually a tiny tiny dot in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean just off the west coast of Africa so where it would be easier for somebody in England to fly to Spain they would be there in two hours maximum okay good. I'm glad, I'm glad you set the stage on that because that's so true um, I guess I, I guess you really have to look at a map to see where you guys are specifically located. 
Um, yeah, so the, the, the family that you're, you're talking about, yeah. for them to end up here, it does. It sounds really, really crazy that they ended up on our tiny little island. But this is what it's about. It's not the first time. This is not the first family that's traveled from literally the other side of the world. Uh, we have families come from absolutely everywhere. And it is because of the program that's actually there, that's available. Um, that's what makes it attractive. It makes it something that people are looking for, but more so it's it's the way it's set up. It's the, the background to how we actually deliver our service and the service that we provide. It's it's unique. You know, in, in Australia, for example, it just is not there. It isn't there at all. Right. So I, I guess I'm curious of, um, what so did you work as a physiotherapist for a bit in the UK and then uh, have a revelation that you wanted to move to Spain and create this kind of um, yeah. amazing program? And yeah, amazing that's company? right. I'm just kind of if we could yeah, just bring the connection. <laughs> yeah, I didn't spend a long time in the UK. The UK yeah. um, for me was where I grew up. It wasn't a place that I see myself as living, working setting up my life and continuing progression, I suppose. Um, and I think in the UK, the whole structure of pretty much everything that's delivered is you're told what to do. You're told, this is what we do. This is how we do it. And off you go. Um, for example, uh, with cerebral palsy, you're page 164 of a textbook. And sadly, with page 164 of a textbook, that doesn't take in the variables of so many other things. I cannot tell you one single client who we have who is the same as any other client with the same condition, but nothing is the same. And I just feel that for me, I didn't have the flexibility to be able to do what I wanted to do. Um, Swim Lab was not something that I decided overnight, this is it, we're gonna do it, this is what's gonna happen. It evolved over time, it evolved over thinking. It's things that, you know, wait a minute, is this the only way we can do it? Uh, everything is backed by science. You know, we, we, all, we all know that we have to, everything has to be followed the way we have to follow, but it's how we think outside the box, how we think about what we're actually doing, what's the solution, what's the, what's the long-term goal, or what is this family, what is this child wanting to achieve? And that's why working and setting up Swim Lab was the, the only way forward to have that complete overhaul of doing what I wanted to do. Uh, we have a member of our team who was an NHS physio for a very long time. And they really struggled with coming to Swim Lab. And not coming to Swim Lab because uh, it was all new and everything was different, and it was a job she'd never done before. It was nothing to do with that. It was all down to the fact that you've got creativity, you're allowed to think outside the box. And that in itself, um, you know, there is no right or wrong, of course, but ultimately clients, families, they're just looking for the best for their children or for themselves. They're looking for solutions. They're not wanting to be given barriers. If we cannot do something, that's, that's fine. But at the same time, I would rather that we didn't put up barriers straight away and say, no, this just isn't possible. Um, the saying, anything is possible okay yeah i'd love to say anything is possible to some degree not everything is possible but if we can think outside of the box on things we can find solutions in other ways and that is why she actually struggled so much was she was ringing me um and this is a good one for you actually the beginning of lockdown when we went into lockdown um we said right we cannot leave all of these clients with nothing especially in the UK, they, they really needed support because there was nothing available for them. They couldn't go to consultations. They couldn't do anything. So we said, we're going to have to do everything online. There's, there's no way we can't do it online. And she's going, but Paul, Paul, I haven't got the kit. I haven't got the equipment. I haven't got this. I haven't got that. I'm going to need this. I'm going to need that. Wait a minute. Where are you right now? I'm in my living room, right? Okay. Where is your client going to be? Also in our living room. Okay, so we need to think here. Yeah, but I haven't got weights. I haven't got this. Have you got a tin of beans? Have you got a can of soup? Do you have a tea towel? And at that point, it was kind of like we switched on a light bulb. 
And that was not that she didn't know what she was doing or she didn't know what she was talking about. It was just having that connection to think, actually, these clients may have all the equipment. In fact, we had more clients had more equipment in their homes than we had being locked down wherever we are trying to deliver. But we just had to think outside the box if they didn't. And it's that that makes the difference. The more we think, the more we do things, the easier it is for people to be able to then get on board. And I think if we can keep everything as relatable to what people can do for themselves, you're already onto a winner. Yeah, I 100% I agree. And I think what you guys are creating um, with Swim Lab is, is so unique and you can be so creative and cater that treatment to literally any patient or any client um, in any way possible, as long as you have that good communication with the family members, with the child or, or whoever you're treating. So um, I'm super stoked with what you guys are doing and I can't wait to continue to follow it. But I guess pre-COVID, so when you were um, doing a lot of in-person therapy and, and talking to families and just doing awesome things, what is, what is a, a typical swim lab program do you do you call it intensives um over there or is it like i guess what does the swim lab program look like for a family yeah okay so typically everything that we do is booked at least a year in advance up to two years in advance so our program sells out we open in january and then that's for the following year not for the current year pre-covid so now everything goes out the window but taking that um over when clients register, they register online, they make a booking to either visit us in center, which is in our centers here in Lanzarote, or on a satellite week where we visit out to go and visit them in various countries. But we can come on to that a little bit later. So let's just go with Lanzarote for now. They would book on, they would complete the registration form. And again, the registration form is not your typical registration form for registering to go and see a doctor or registering to go and see a therapist. We think again outside the box. We ask them, can you do certain things? We build up a profile and the profile that we build up is based on what we really need to know about what they can actually do. Now you'd be really surprised how many people think they can do things as opposed to what they can really do. So if you ask a direct question, you tend to get a direct answer of what I'd love to be able to do rather than what we can really do. So when we play around with the questions, the questions are engineered in a way that we build up the profile we really need. Uh, and that's done well in advance before a client is due to visit. Once we then get a little bit closer, the team sit down and we work through the case profile for every individual client. Now that's the whole team. So we've got physios, we've got OTs, we've got speech and language therapists. We've got um, literally a whole range of different therapists that work together on one program. So when people are registering, they think, well, that's quite expensive for, to come into a therapy week. But what they don't realize is that actually what you do when you come here is only 40% of the time. The other 60% of it is spent in the planning process. And sometimes you think, why does it take so much planning? Why does it take so much time? Why is everybody absolutely exhausted before a client's even arrived? And that's because we care. That's because without doing all of this prep work, without us getting every single program ready, it's three hours per day. So they do an hour of land-based therapy in the morning and an hour of aquatic-based therapy. Then in the afternoon, there's a second hour of aquatic-based therapy. Aquatic is obviously our primary area because that's the link. That's the bit that isn't available in most places. The combination of bringing both together is what makes the biggest difference. So in doing that, we allow each client to be able to benefit from three hours per day. Coming to Lanzarote, it's a place which we have sunshine all year round. I think you can see in the corner there, the sun is shining extremely Looks bright. Pretty nice I, know to talking me. To you <laughs> I know talking to you right now, you got sunshine, but it doesn't stay sunshine all year round for you. For us, it's 365 days a year. Um, so it's appealing on a family perspective that they think, brilliant, we're coming somewhere that's sunny, somewhere that's warm. The warmth is obviously beneficial for many disabilities, for many syndromes, for many genetic conditions. It's a good place to be. But sometimes families have the idea that they think they're gonna have a lot more time to be able to do uh, going to the beach and having loads of fun. The kids are exhausted by the end of it. But with it being six days consecutively, three hours per day over the six consecutive days, it's so much work, it's so much combined together. And the kids make such an improvement. 
what we do find is that when families are registering, they think, oh my goodness, how are we going to do 18 hours of therapy within one week? But it's like anything, the more intensive we do it, the more we actually end up getting out of it. And now it's a, it's a well-oiled program. You know, we've, we're constantly changing, nothing stays still, but we're always moving to, to gain the most out of every single client. And not obviously with every client, it depends on the disability, it depends on the condition. But when you see a kid who's never been able to stand or who's never been able to move independently, then be able to stand and walk out of a therapy room, there's nothing better than that. Um, we have kids who have a very, very limited range of movement. And by the end of a therapy week, they're able to show us backstroke. Now, by showing us backstroke, I don't mean a 50 meter pool and they're flying from one end of it to the other. But if they can show me that they can move one arm up in a single controlled movement, followed by a single leg kick, which can be a very minimal movement, if they can do that individually, that to me is backstroke. That is actually swimming. There's not one way to do something or one way to achieve something. It's about how can we be flexible enough to allow everybody to achieve within their own limitations. Uh, once the clients then finish the week, it's not goodbye. That's only really the beginning of the journey with us because it's at that point that they realize, one, all the work that's gone into it because they get here and they see the papers which are like this. They then experience it and feel what happens. And then after that, we just want them to continue. And not continue meaning that they have to come back to us, that they have to come back to Swim Lab instantly. And you know, it's another, it's another booking. It's absolutely nothing to do with that. For us, it's a family, it's a pathway and it's a journey. And we work together to be able to further the development of that child. They then return home to whatever country they're from and we can continue working with them. You know, even now, um, I'm actually due to do a call in the next couple of days with the guys in Australia who have been over to us in order to continue to help them assist and develop. Okay, I might not be able to see them on a weekly basis, of course not, but at least it means that we're able to keep that connection together and allow families to continue to progress. Yeah, and that's exactly what I was gonna ask was, is once you finish a intensive-based program, um, then do you uh, leave them with some exercises they can do and a bit of a plan they can do on their own or that they can bring back to their their treating therapist back in their, their own country type thing? Do you guys set them up with some things at the very end that they can continue on uh, with, with, I guess, their rehab at home? Yeah, we do. So what we tend to do with most clients, um, a lot of therapy tends to be just a client and the therapist alone. We try not mm. to do that. We try to involve the whole family. So if you're coming with brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters have to live with this every day of their lives too. It isn't just the individual client. It's not just the parents. So we try to get everybody involved. We, we literally can have therapy rooms where two sessions are running at the same time and there could be up to 12 people in the room all having a laugh at the same time, throwing balloons across the room, water flying everywhere. This is how we do it. And the whole purpose of having the whole family involved is together we are stronger, which is our slogan that we use at Swim Lab. And it's totally true that together we create a program that means you can continue to develop. So families will come, they will leave, but they'll be armed with every single exercise we've been working on. They'll either have the videos from within the sessions or they'll have uh, written programs or they'll have access to callers at any time to be able to find out We've got to this current point. What do we do next? How do we go further? So like I say, when they leave, they're not just leaving, having a great time. They're leaving knowing that they are not alone. They can continue this progression. Um, as a team, we can take up to 150 flights a year individually. And that's to travel to various locations all around the world. Now, obviously we can't be in every location all of the time, but we can still support you. We can still be there to assist you. And the key with Swim Lab is that the follow-up is just as important as the actual week that they deliver. Um, within our website, we have contact with clients where we regularly ask them for updates. You know, where are you up to? Even if they're not scheduled to be coming back anytime soon, we still want to know where they're up to because there can be something very, very simple that can help them to be able to continue. Uh, in particular, client in Germany recently, they had been over, had a fantastic week. Their child is nonverbal, um, has a very rare uh, genetic condition, and she 
was unable to, to walk unaided without holding on. Anything to do with steps, it was just, no, cannot go near it. By the end of the week, she was walking up steps all by herself, over obstacles, doing completely her own thing. Mum and dad were so happy. They went home and then she stopped doing it after a while. And then she refused to do it. But because she could not communicate clearly how she was unable to do it, they were then a little bit unsure as to what to do next. Um, and just a little bit of background there, something had happened within the family. Um, there's always external influences or external factors that had happened, and it had knocked the routine of what this child was used to. And by knocking the routine of what she was used to meant that she was not able to do what she was previously able to achieve. So just that one quick phone call of mum in a car outside, I think it was horse riding that the child was in at the time, a quick 30, 30 minute phone call and the following week, she's now able to do it again. It's just that connection of making sure that you continue to work with your clients so that they're never alone. And during this pandemic, especially, everybody, I think probably you can agree with me here, we, we've all felt alone at times, but then it's when we connect together and we start to speak with each other that we start to realize that actually, together we are stronger and that's how we can start to, to build better relationships to enable everybody to continue and progress further. Yeah, and I think it's easier than ever to, to, I guess, connect with your clients from a digital video technological sense. Um, but the crazy thing I think about with you guys is, is how many, the, the impact you're making in so many different countries. Uh, and, I, and I'm curious about how you, so do you guys have relationships, say, in Germany and Canada and the States, and you guys will send a couple members of your team to that country and then do a program there? How does, how does that work? Because that's such a unique aspect of the company of being able to literally bring yourself across the world to another location and still make an impact with, with any kid. Yeah, it's, I do have to pinch myself at times. I have to be completely honest with you. Swimlab was never meant to be as big as Swimlab has become. Um, it was never done in a way that we were looking, how can we make the business bigger? How can we, how can we make it more? How can Swimlab become more known? It is literally word of mouth from clients. We do absolutely zero marketing, paid marketing in any way, shape or form. We don't have any affiliate with any companies. We literally do everything ourselves. And the reason for doing that is that I believe that if we can make an impact on one individual family by making a difference to their child's life, that speaks more than any marketing, any paid advertisements can ever do. And like the way we've talked about how you found out about us, we can go back to that. There is one family, just one, one family who'd visited from that country that you're in, that had traveled to this location here, and just from one family alone enabled you to know about it. Another family, another child with a disability, another auntie, another uncle. And from there, it starts to generate onwards. And then when it comes to what locations do we go to, we know that our service is required wherever we can physically get to. In order to do that, we need to build up a good relationship with somewhere that is willing to take an external organization in to be able to assist with the development of something that you cannot deliver. You cannot do it, or you have not done it, or been able to deliver it. And this is where the difference comes in with Swimlab. If you try and Google, or if you look anywhere, you won't find a program which works like this. I'm not saying we're the only people in the world who could do it. It's, this doesn't happen overnight. This has taken years and years and years to be able to get to this level where you can ask a question, we'll have an answer within the team. We've built this relationship all the way along. Being completely honest with you, our biggest difficulty is being able to get access to pool space. For a lot of people that are listening to this, they'll probably find this extremely shocking and be slightly concerned when I say it. But when we approach different venues, different pools in various countries, and we explain that we'd like to hire a lane of the pool, everybody is, yeah, 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 brilliant, 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 brilliant. Mention the word disability. It plummets. 
the conversation changes. Everything get, becomes so much harder. Everything then becomes an issue. So our biggest fight is never about getting the clients to be able to come to the venues. Clients will move heaven and earth to be able to get to a location wherever we get to. I never ever have to think about what if we're not going to fill this and I've sent a team halfway across the world you know, to, to deliver this program. You know, we paid all of this money out to get them there, all the equipment, all of the, the program set up, everything we've done, all this money is just wasted. Not at all. That's never the issue. The issue is sourcing the pools, getting the venue that we can work with. And most of the time, we end up in hotels. We end up in a hotel which is not specific, which is not set up for what we do, but they're the ones with the most flexibility. And by having the most flexibility from them, number one, we can help them out because clients can stay in the hotels if they're traveling from various areas. Um, Pool-wise, all we need is water. We don't need anything special. Yes, the heating, we could do with it being a little bit warmer than a standard pool. That's okay. But if you're willing to pay for that, that's never normally an issue. That's, that's one thing you can get over. What we do find difficult, though, is being able to source the pools within a setup, a leisure environment, which is where we think it's the easiest place to access water, is in a leisure environment. Inclusion, unfortunately, we're still miles behind. The whole world yeah, needs to keep moving forward to get there. Yeah, that's such an interesting thing about a pool space. You think there's so many different pools available, but is, I guess, do, are you, is it because they don't say have, I guess, I guess, what are they saying that they can't accommodate for um, within the pool? Or is it they, just kind they of... Don't they, they don't really say what they can't accommodate for. They tend to be yeah. very sketchy around the edges of it, but... Going back to a lot of the situations that we, we've been in before is they're worried. They're worried about not being able to provide for clients with disabilities. They're worried about not having the correct uh, setup to be able to, to allow them to be there. The likes of steps, mm. the likes of um, access from changing rooms to poolside, or in fact, not even having a disability changing room. So let's take a short break and chat about the new free PT Compass Pass membership program. So if you're looking for a fresh, regular, new content to kickstart your next clinical placement on a successful note, head on over to the link in my Instagram bio or the show notes. So once you sign up as a PT Compass Pass member, you'll have access to the new student resource hub with both downloadable PDFs and Word documents for you to print off, save on your laptop, or share with your friends. So what are you waiting for? Head to the link in my Instagram bio or the show notes below and get your compass pass today. So let's get back to the show. So, so no, we, we struggle to get the pool space because they're, they're worried about not being able to provide. And I think sometimes it's people are just afraid. I don't believe that they can't. They just lack the, the education, I suppose you could say in understanding and having conversations. You know, people are too scared to, to say something with a fear of, of saying something wrong. And that's, uh, I know this is not really about that, but I suppose it is really, because for a lot of people, they're, they're too scared to approach somebody in a wheelchair or they're, they're too worried to speak to somebody who is deaf in case or they might not respond. Um, and I've been in a situation where I've had a, a group, it was a, a therapy group that we had, and um, we took them to a place on the island here, which is, it was a tourist attraction. And there's a beautiful swimming pool in a volcanic landscape, but it's all been designed in a really beautiful way. And they wanted a picture. And I said to them, okay, I'll take a picture of you. It's just two of them. And I said, okay, just step back a bit. So they started stepping backwards and they nearly fell into the swimming pool. And I turned around and I said to them, I said, you're deaf, not blind, what are you doing? And they started laughing, I started laughing. But then there was other people within the vicinity and the looks I was getting were like I had just killed their dog in front of them. And that is where sometimes it's a, it is about the situation that you're in. I have a perfect relationship with my clients that were here. If I don't say things like that to them or with them, as long as it's with them and not about them, then nobody really has that connection and it becomes the very much don't say that or we shouldn't say this and that's not true 
everybody is human. Everybody laughs and jokes about many, many different things. If we can all do it together, I think everything would be a lot easier rather than just avoiding certain things. If we're all a little bit more open, we may find that we have a better, better connection in the future for, for everybody. Yeah. And then once you get, I guess, the pool situation organized, which um, is harder, I guess, now than you think, but once you get that all organized and it's all set up, why do you, why do you think doing therapy in rehab just simply in a body of water, whether it be the pool or, or some other scenario, why do you find that so beneficial for your, your clients just in whatever goals they're trying to, uh, trying to achieve, I guess. Yeah. So why is, why is water so, so amazing? Um, I'm biased. I love water. So um, I know why I like it, but why do you, why do you find your clients like it so much? Okay. I'm going to throw this back at you then. Why sure. do you like water? The, the main reason I like water is because it's, it's fun. It's, it's fun and it doesn't feel like you're doing rehab. Um, but for me, primarily, it's just fun. Okay. It's, That's enough. Yeah. That's enough. You can stop right there. It's fun and it doesn't feel like you're doing anything. Exactly. Okay. So for all of our clients, every child pretty much around the world learns to swim. That's what kids do. Kids learn to swim. Um, they go to play football, they do various sports, but they learn to swim. So a child with a disability, why should they not have the opportunity to learn to swim? If their brothers and sisters are doing it, why should they not do it? So Swim Lab is a very, very clever way of basically lying to your child, which is terrible, but we're telling the kids that they're learning to swim. So then to them, we can actually, get, I can give you a direct quote from a client, it's not physio, it's fun. And the reason that that happens is because they're in the water, like everybody, water gives us that buoyancy. It gives us a little bit more freedom. So movements that would otherwise be harder to achieve or not something that we're able to facilitate properly, being in water just gives us that sense of freedom, gives us that sense of, of um, relaxation or, or control. And by doing that, it makes it so much easier to be able to to develop for for kids to be able to to get the most out of being in that environment and what we find is that the kids that come to us being in the water exercises do feel easier they don't feel as as controlled or as engineered and therefore they they feel like they're part of something else and they're in the water with other people. So a lot of the time for us, we tend not to try to be exclusively in the pool so that we're there alone. We try to be around other people, other people exercising, other people doing their own workouts so that the kids get the same as everybody else. Yeah, and I, I think the pool is like the perfect scenario for the word inclusion. And especially, especially for kids with disabilities, it, it's a whole new world that they're, they're, their eyes open, they start smiling. They're just like, this is the best thing ever because the, the ability of them to do specific activities that they weren't able to do on land is like you said, so much easier and so much more available. And then they just don't want to get out of the pool. Like they're, they just want to stay there all the time. But I guess what I'm curious yep. about is when you uh, do a session in the pool, and then you do a session on land. Um, how do you find that translate? Is, is that, I mean, it obviously varies in terms of uh, how much it translates and how quickly it does. But over time, do you find that, say, activities in the pool will translate well to activities on land? They, they do. And again, it's all down to the development of the program and how we put it together. But when we're discussing what we're going to do with the client, the exercises that are performed on land have to replicate and have to have the direct link with what we're going to do in the water. We can write a program, you know, it's like anything, we can write a program before we even begin. But then once you put that child in the water, you can find that they're doing even more. The program has to change. We have to, to change what we're trying to work on, how we're trying to achieve things. But I think what we find is if you can link the two together to allow a child to feel why they're doing something, they'll want to do it even more. And like you said, it is fun for them. So linking the two together gives them the sense of crossover. 
And it's not just when we're in the water, we get movements that otherwise wouldn't be um, able to happen. They then transfer to being able to do other things on land. For example, getting arms to be able to raise above the head. You then find the kids go home, they go to the airport and they're reaching for a cup. They're able to lift up a cup, which they were not able to do before. The, the connection of building the two together is what makes it so unique. And it, what makes the kids understand and, and want to get involved. Um, equipment, we can probably talk about equipment. Being in the pool, we've literally got to think about everything that we can possibly do to be able to devise our own equipment, buy equipment, adapt equipment to be able to make it useful because this surrounding, this setup isn't really there. It's something that we've got to build in for ourselves. Um, we now have Swim Lab Academy, which is a training academy to be able to teach other people how to, to work in these methods. But we can look at equipment, for example. You can buy, um, we have something called a magic stick. And a magic stick is a device that we use in the water, which enables kids to be able to handhold but also float in the water. Now you can buy this from online companies and it'll probably cost you about 180 pounds. So $280. In doing that, it's extremely expensive, but a magic stick can also be made with 10 euros, $20, two yoga blocks and a brush handle. So we drill into the sides of the yoga block, attach it to the brush handle, buy some. Do you remember when you were at school, you had the um, you had your textbooks and you used to back them in paper? So it could be colored paper or whatever you want. Yep. So the kids can choose the kids can choose their favorites. So they can have Ben 10 or they can have um, the turtles or whatever they feel like can be wrapped on their magic stick. And away they go. They've got their magic powers. And that can be used then if it's children who were able to get to stand, for example, on land, why can you not hold your magic stick that you use so magically in water to be able to hold it while you're stood on land? Oh, I can. I can do it in the pool. I can do it here. And then this is where the crossover comes in. They use the equipment, they associate with the equipment, and they start to then use that in day-to-day -day life. And we know that by standing and having a bar that we can hold in front of us is then going to enable us to feel more confident more comfortable in being in a standing position to then start to take steps, for example. Everything is just about adaptation, adapting all of our surroundings to be able to deliver the best service possible. And coming back to when we deliver weeks away, if you could see the amount of suitcases and equipment that gets taken on a plane, it's incredible. I think we spend more on baggage than we do on airline tickets. Yeah, you, you must have like a crazy skilled logistics manager or someone to try to figure out everything from getting things from all the equipment to all the people uh, to across the world to make these awesome programs. Like I can only let's, imagine. Let's just, <laughs> let's just say that our, our office is literally insane. The logistics that go behind the scenes in order to develop a program to take it physically across the world is you can't just sit, get there one day and then go, oh, I needed to use this today. And you're you know, in the middle of Boston. What are you gonna do there? You've got no idea of how to go and get something or how we can get something that we've been able to make before, explaining to people different pieces of equipment. Everything has to come with us. And you'll know yourself that every individual piece of equipment that we take may only work for that one child within that session which means we need to take a piece of equipment for every single child, for every single session. It mounts up and up and up. Um, but it's one of those things, you know, until we can get to a position where this service can be widely available all across the world, we've got to keep going the way we are. We've got to keep developing and building the team in order to be able to provide for more families. Just getting back to, you know, how quickly does it go? How quickly do we manage to attract clients and get people there? Um, two nights ago, we put online a Facebook group, which is for clients in Ireland. And we did this 
because we're now looking at taking weeks into Ireland. We've done them before in, in a few places in Ireland, but now we need to look at expanding that because there physically is not the service available over there. We put it live at 7 p.m. By nine o'clock the next morning, there was over 100 families registered in the group looking for the service. And that's just in one location. We've done the same thing last night with Germany and the same thing happens. This is what happens wherever we deliver the programs. And you're sat in Australia right now. I could have still been there. This time last year, we actually came to Australia. We came on a scouting plan to be able to look at all the various venues that we were looking to come and bring in each territory to be able to deliver weeks. So we were planning on doing twice per year, coming over and doing a week in each territory, twice per year. That was our initial indication of what we were going to do. We left here, having delivered weeks around Europe. We managed to get to Australia, we got to Perth. And landing in Perth, we then received a message. No, in Perth actually we're fine, everything was great. We then flew to Adelaide. As we arrived in Adelaide, we woke up to breakfast to a text message from uh, Western Australia or from Australian Health Organization to say, that we'd been in contact with a coronavirus case was registered on our flight from Dubai to Perth. So the first initial flight. Don't be too alarmed or concerned. Um, bear in mind, this is at the very, very beginning. Don't be too alarmed or concerned. The, the likelihood of spread is very, very minimal. Um, just look after yourself. And if you have any symptoms, blah, 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 then remain at home. So at that moment, we thought we cannot see clients that we were due to see um, just for consultations to be able to have talks about what we we're going to do. We can put any children or anybody in any position not knowing how safe or unsafe it was. So we continued the trip around, but we didn't uh, meet up with any clients. So we did look at various venues, but we didn't do anything which was touching clients, which we wanted to do, which was great. Um, I should add, since we got home, we had tests done to ensure that we hadn't had it at any point within the time that we were in Australia and we hadn't. So every member of the team was clear, which was perfect. So there was definitely no transmission from our team. We'd been to all these different locations and finally finished in Brisbane. Uh, we were then due to go to New Zealand for exactly the same program. That got cut short because New Zealand closed and we were on the very last Emirates flight out of Australia. We were told had we not have been on that flight that evening, we would still be in Australia probably now. Part of me says we should have stayed because knowing what's happened in the following year, had we have stayed, we probably could have set up the whole of Swim Lab in Australia and would have had the whole ball rolling. But that's okay. We've managed to, to scale it back and uh, I'm sure we'll be over with you again very soon. Yeah, and I mean, the opportunity, as you know, in Australia is, is insane. It's crazy for, for new inventive ideas, especially as it relates to like allied health and physio and OT and speech and all that fun stuff but i'm curious paul is is what what have did you always want to work with kids as a physio or did you do a small stint with adults and then just transition to kids um because you, you sound so so passionate about working with with kids with disabilities and just just kids in general so i'm curious about what your interest in kids is all about with regards to physio yeah no we do we also work with adults as well uh, yeah. but predominantly our services with children. Sure. With kids, for me, I think they're just so curious. They're just so, uh, they just want to know everything. They want to know why, they want to know how they're doing it. Where with adults, it's kind of like, yeah, I'll do what you tell me and off we go. With kids, they just want to explore. They just want to find new things. They just want to, to do that. I suppose you could say I'm Peter Pan, I just have never grown up. And I don't really want to grow up. I'm getting older and older and older. I don't want to get older, um, but I think that if I think back to my childhood and all the experiences that I had and everything that my parents provided for me and the opportunities that I had, why should every kid not have that opportunity? And if I and the rest of the team can make that opportunity just a little bit more accessible, then why not? What is there not to love? And I think my passion has always been to see the developments and the achievements of everybody that we work with, whether it be an adult or a child, 
but I just find that with the kids, we can now go back, you know, 10 years of kids that we've worked with and seen the progression that they are currently at where they are now. And sometimes you think, has this even been possible? Did this even happen? Um, but the kids are stood in front of us. Yes, it did happen. They, they have done it. Um, I think that working with children as opposed to working predominantly with adults, it just gives you, it allows you to be a little bit more creative. And I know I keep coming back to the thinking outside the box and doing things in a different way. It still all comes down to the same concept. It's quality of life. It's about allowing any individual to be able to achieve their maximum potential. And without us having the passion for working in the environment that we do, I don't think anybody's got any hope, have they? If we don't feel passionate about what we do, if we wake up in the morning and we go to work and we really don't want to be there, that's only going to translate. If you work as an accountant and you're sat in an office looking at numbers, you might add an extra zero onto the end of somebody's accounts. They'll either be very happy or extremely sad. But nobody's going to lose anything from doing that, really. You can't have a bad day in the office. For us, there cannot be a bad day. And, I, and I, I'm in the same boat as you. I, I think that I, as physios particularly, and, and I guess the rest of the allied health team as well, is we're in, we're in such a good position to make a significant impact on a kid's life at a young age that can truly make an impact when they're, they're adults and when they're growing up. And I think it's probably one of the most rewarding things in my mind at the moment. And I'm not even done physio school. Um, to be able to, to have a role in, in doing that with, with a kid's life or, or say a teenager or someone who's just about to transition into adulthood and, and have that impact is, is one of the coolest things. And I think one of the most rewarding things that I can get myself involved with. And I mean, this wasn't even a, a decision that I had in the last six months, but it's been continually working with kids with disabilities over time and just noting the subtle impact that you can make on a kid's life with very simple, basic things, just basic support, interacting with their families, addressing their goals, and just providing them the environment to succeed in. So that's why I think I want to work with kids. And that's why I think why a lot of other people work with kids in, in this environment. So I don't know. Yeah. I think it's crazy what you guys are doing. I love it. <laughs> it's, it's education as well. I think it's educating yeah. the families, not just the kids. If you can work with the kid and get the kid involved and the kid follows and, and delivers what you're doing, if you can make sure that the family understand that, then it allows you to develop even further. Um, we have a kid that, well, I say a kid, he's now 18. And he has muscular dystrophy and he has had both feet reconstructed, was unable to walk, was unable to sit down, was unable to stand up. And we've gone through every possible stage going and getting him to do that through the teenage years, through the years of arguing back at me, telling me to shut up, getting on with this, doing this. Two weeks ago, we took him for his 18th birthday meal. We took him out for dinner. He walked into the restaurant. We drank cocktails together. We had a full dinner. He sat down at the table. He stood up from the table. He walked out the room. If that doesn't tell me that working with a child who then becomes an adult is not the best job in the world, I'd rather not be here because I don't think there is any job that you can do which can give you the level of satisfaction. And you don't do it for the satisfaction. Um, you know, we don't wake up in the morning and say, oh, who's going to tell me how good I am today? Or who's going to tell us what an amazing job we've done today? That's not the purpose of doing it. What the purpose of doing is knowing at the end of the week that we've done the best we possibly could for that child, for that family for their relationship to just get better and better and better. And I don't believe that there's anybody in the world who doesn't want the best for everybody. If they really, really think about it, everybody wants to achieve their full potential, whether they can communicate that verbally or whether it's through other methods of communication, everybody is still looking for that. So if you being the person who knows how to do that can do it, that's what we're here for. Yeah, and I think that transitions to one of the, kind of the final points I wanted to talk to you about was, is what, what do you think the most rewarding part 
to work with swim lab international as a, as a team like i guess what what do you think when you i guess what do you think when it comes to i don't know why you come to come to work every day and 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 just to kind of finish it off with some sort of motivational quote or motivational point of of why you love swim lab so much and and the impact it's making across the world I think it's easier for me to change it around and say it's not about why I think it's good to be able to work with Swim Lab and why I enjoy waking up and doing what I'm doing. I think it's why do people want to come and work with us? I think it's probably the easiest way to do it. And the reason they want to work with us is because they're allowed to think outside the box. They're allowed to be creative and they're allowed to be in charge of their own destiny. They're allowed to make decisions for themselves based on the development of other people. And it's not a case of wanting to come to work every day. We're here every day. We're making the most out of every day. And at Swim Lab, our motto, together we are stronger, is the way that we all think. And anybody who comes to work in Swim Lab pretty much is a clone. We're all very, very similar. We're all unique in very different ways, but we're all very similar in the way that we want to achieve in the outset. Um, looking when we recruit, bringing team members in. It's ridiculous. The amount of papers we get for why do you want to come and work with Swim Lab? That's probably the single most important question we will ever ask. Why would you want to come and work with Swim Lab? Because half of the time I can take a hundred papers down to one, just in that initial point. And I never respond to them. I don't even give them the acknowledgement of responding back because looking at what they're saying, oh, it'd be great to help kids and uh, it's an area I can make lots of money. That's something I hear over and over and over and I'm just not interested. Money does not move the world. Making a difference to a child's life is the reason why people want to work with Swim Lab. Well, Paul, thanks so much for having a chat with me and I'm sure everyone who's listening will have a bit of a greater appreciation for what you guys are doing worldwide, which is still crazy to me to think about. Um, but how can people follow the Swim Lab journey via social media or a website or anything like that? Or if they just want to find out a bit more about Swim Lab in general, how can people find you on the internet or get in contact with you or anything like that? They can do that via www.swimlabinternational.com or on Facebook, Swim Lab International, and also Instagram, Swim Lab International. Thanks for listening to the podcast, everyone. If you'd like to follow me on Instagram, you can find me at the PT Student Compass. So this is where new podcast announcements will occur and where new helpful educational content will be posted. It's also where you can sign up for your new PT Compass Pass by clicking the link in my bio. So as always, enjoy the rest of your morning, afternoon, or night, and I'll see you in the next episode.